Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mabala Maku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on, which you can read more about in the City Press. So, Mapalo, this week, I, just such an important article that you've written. Uh, beware of your financial advisor asking you to move your investments. And, you know, this just raises the question which we get over and over again, and that is, how do you know when an advisor is acting in your interests and not their own interests? And I want you to sort of relate to our listeners the story, because this is quite an amazing story of, of a client who came to see you and it had this, this recommendation. So maybe just take it from there. All right. So Maya, this, the client came to me for coaching, right? Remember, I don't do products at all. I just look at your stuff and say, you know what, um, just to educate you basically. And she had a recommendation from a financial advisor that you should move from one insurer to the next. Okay. And right. in the process, the cost or the penalty rather would be almost 90,000, 90,000. That is mind boggling right? And her recommendation was based on the fact that, no, with this new um, product or with this new insurer, you'll have more money at retirement. Uh, and when you looked at it, Maya, the costs were very much similar. I mean, the total expense ratio in both um, products, in both retirement annuities, would range from 2.1 to 2.3. So there wasn't a huge difference in moving this um, retirement annuity. And on top of that, on top of that, the advisor still took a percentage, um, a financial advisor fee on top of that. So you can imagine she lost <laughs> not just 90,000, it was... But also nearly about 6%. I think, I think, you, I think you worked out it was nearly 6,000 rand in an advisor fee as well. Advisor fee. And I think what you did was great in the articles. You said, okay, so this person has, I think, 13 years left to retirement. Um, what would the compounding effect be of that 90,000 rand? Um, so in, in 13 years time, that loss of, of, of 90,000 rand, I think you calculate, yeah, you calculated that even if it was growing at 9% per annum, you'd be looking at about 200, nearly 280,000 rand that was there lost by making that switch. Exactly. And, exactly. and you know, that's the... Exactly. And I think what was interesting is I know you shared with me this, uh, the spreadsheet that the advisor had given uh, this client. And you said, to me, oh, are these figures right? And, and <laughs> she'd also kind of fudged the numbers a bit. That was the other concern. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, you and I could look at that and think this doesn't make sense. But how does mm. how does an individual and I, I also went and had a, had a quick look to say, you know, is there a time where it does make sense to, to switch? Because I actually kind of tweeted about your story already <laughs> on Twitter. Yes, and I someone came back here. Someone came saying, I saw that. I saw that. It's already causing a bit of... It's already everyone's climbing in because somebody said, well, what if you're sitting in one of those nine, of one of those like really expensive products and there's a lot cheaper products? So I kind of calculated that, you know, in, you'd have to be saving about 1% per annum for that to have made sense in terms of losing that, um, that, that penalty fee, paying that penalty fee. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what you've got to weigh up. You've got to say, am I going to save at least 1% per annum um, in making the switch? Yes, 100%. So it has to be worthwhile. Um, don't, just, don't just take whatever the financial advisor says. You know, uh, the onus is on you, the investor, to do a bit of research and actually look into the numbers. And I think also the, what I also loved 
was one of the recommendations which you made, which was to say, okay, you know, a switch may not make sense because of these surrender uh, penalties, but, and of course, upfront fees that are often taken by advisors, but you can also make your retirement annuity paid up, which is a less of a time, in many cases, far lower surrender value, and just start a new one, a low cost one. But I wonder, and then I wanted to ask you, I mean, you, you, you work in the space of coaching as opposed to selling a product. So, because one of the challenges is, I suppose, you sit with this client for a long time going through all their finances. And if you only make money by selling them something, you can't make your money by giving the right advice, which may be just staying in the product you're already in. So, so I mean, how do you think, do you think there's a model here that could drive better financial advice, really, where, where interests are aligned? Yes, I, I think actually it was in one of your tweets where you mentioned that, you know what, with there's a lot of salespeople compared to financial advisors um, who give proper financial advice. So for me, if someone is, has an incentive to sell a product to make a commission, there will always you know, be that conflict of interest. So that model, I don't think it has worked most of the time. Um, I'm not for the model. Uh, most people who've come through my doors for coaching uh, when we go through their um, entire finances, we take a look at all the products they have. Sometimes they don't even know what the products are meant for, right? So it, there's a lack of education, huge, huge lack of education coming from um, salespeople. Well, I think that's it. Be very, very careful when you get advice to switch product. Ask if it's your in your, in your own best interests and maybe find an, an advisor who's a planner and charges for time um, and is a lot more honest about, about how they're going to make money out of you. Because let's be honest, it is at least a service that they are offering. Yes. And also, Maya, one more thing. <laughs> we, I think we should, we should actually do um, a, a podcast on how to find a good financial advisor. Absolutely. I'm picking that one down <laughs> in the next few weeks. Keep an, keep, it, keep an ear out. So Maya, it's that time of the month when we feature readers' questions in City Press. So this time around, a reader asked, they want to take out their retirement annuity. They've had this retirement annuity for such a long time and now she says, I want to cash in my money and they won't allow him. I think people misunderstand retirement annuities, Maya. Explain to us once and for all, what, how does a retirement annuity work? Okay, so that's, I mean, that's exactly it. A lot of people, they took it out so many years ago, they completely forgot what their advisor may or may not have told them about this product. And the bottom line with a retirement annuity is, You've given this tax advantage, you know, when you deduct off your, your income, you can take the tax off it and any, any um, growth in it is not taxable until you actually take it out um, as an income at the end. But in return for all of this, you have to invest two thirds of your retirement annuity into an annuity income. So yes. I suppose the logic there is to make sure you don't take the lot and buy a Lamborghini and then you know, struggle to buy, <laughs> if you have enough money for a Lamborghini, and then struggle to buy groceries every month. So it's kind of, I suppose, a way to protect people from themselves. But yes. that is the law. Um, and one of the only exception really is if the retirement value is less than 247,000 Rand. Because I think government looks at that and they think, well, if you've got 247,000 Rand. much income from it. Exactly, exactly. So, okay. so if, you have, if your balance is less than that, you can certainly take it out in full. But the other challenge he has is to so say he takes the one 
the one third, which he's allowed to take. in cash. Yeah, in cash. He can take that and he won't pay tax on the first 500,000 of that. Thereafter, taxes apply. But the next part is, of course, now deciding what to do, what to what annuity to purchase. Um, yes, two thirds. yes. And that, my brother, is a big, big problem because... That's another article. <laughs> that's another article. People do not understand annuities. So you've got, I mean, let's just, again, another article, another podcast, <laughs> but, you know, just you've got the two options. You've got your guaranteed annuity. That's when you say to the life company, here's my money. Um, I want income for the rest of my life, preferably growing at inflation. And, you know, if I live till I'm 100, I still get that income. The yes. negative of that you is... Have the safety net. Yeah, you have the safety net. But the downside is when you die, so does the income because obviously it's, it's almost an insurance product. It's a pooling of everybody's yes. money. Some people live to 100, some people only live to 80 and, and that's how they calculate it. Um, the the one who lives the longest wins, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I think those are very good. If you've got longevity, if, you, if you've got somebody with really good genes um, and you're yes. healthy and all the rest of it, you can really, you're actually better off effectively in a guaranteed annuity because you're going to benefit from all the people who are not so healthy. Um, and then you've got in a living annuity um, and that is market related. So you take the money, you invest it, and you're allowed to draw down an income between 2.5% to 17.5% of the capital every year. Again, great if you have quite a lot of assets and you know that you're going to die leaving some money to your family. But yes. unfortunately, you know, 90% of people opt for this and at least 90% of those 90% run out of money before run they out die. Of money. There yeah, go. because the markets don't return what they think they will. They're drawing down too much. They drop way too high. Mm-hmm. Way too high. So really, really, um, it's worth getting good advice. We will go back to how you find somebody to give you good advice on a different podcast. <laughs> but I think that's important. Retirement annuity, no people. You cannot cash it in. In fact, you have to wait till you're 55 years old before you can touch it. At 55 years old, you can only take one third as a lump sum. The other two thirds has to be turned into an annuity income. Another interesting story, Maya, uh, from our readers this week. Um, he wants to take out a mortgage with his two brothers. Um, so this presents a couple of challenges, right? So you have to, you have two people, not just one, that want to take out a mortgage. So what are the implications of that, Maya? Creditworthiness? Yeah, there's so many. And, and, and the thing is, this is becoming so common because, of course, to buy a house on your own salary is almost unaffordable. Very few people on, this, on their own salary can afford to buy a house. So traditionally, a married couple would, buy a, uh, would take out a joint mortgage together or even we're now seeing uh, friends doing it as well. So yes. this is becoming more common, but, you know, especially with siblings, I mean, I would be putting in some serious legal clauses here because one of the problems is, and that people don't realize is, so say there's, there's three of them all together. If the, it's not that it's 33% each. So each of them are committing to maybe 33% of the mortgage and the repayment, but each of them is individually fully liable for that mortgage. Liable. Yeah. The banks make so sure they are so insured. So, so that means that he alone, if his two brothers default and can't keep up the payments, he is 100% responsible for those payments. And I think that that's what people don't often understand. They, they turn to the bank and they're saying, well, my brother stopped paying, but go after him for his third of the debt. And they say, no, 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 boy, you're the one who's going to be paying it all. 
So I think yeah. that is that is one of the things you really, really need to understand. So you need to have some kind of agreement. You need to be pretty sure that your the people you're going in with are going to be able to meet those um, meet those repayments, um, and basically have a have a legal document drawn up. And of course, you mentioned the good credit record. You know, are your brothers um, <laughs> solvent and sisters? And sisters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, the other one that I thought was quite interesting. So I, I went to F and B and I asked them specifically. I said, "What are the kind of things we should look at here?" And the other one, of course, is that they, uh, there's always one bank account that has to pay. Uh, the, the mortgage. So now, whose bank account <laughs> is it going to? Yeah, and and what if the you, you put your money into your brother's bank account and he, you know, he has a couple of debit orders That's and he's forgotten about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think it's it's a really great idea, um, and it's a, it is a wonderful way to be able to club together and use all, each of your salaries to be able to afford a house. But it really is a big. Um, I think it can become a, a real issue if you don't do it properly and don't le- do it legally um, with a lot of yeah. sort of legal understandings about what actually happens. If And if one of you turns around and says, I want to sell now, I need the capital or whatever happens. What happens yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's something to be entered into lightly. Yeah. Um, and also, Maria, in, in, in the case of death, so let's say one of the brothers or one of the sisters passes away and you do have um, this bond that you're painting together, it would be advisable, like you said, to have life cover. Yes, that's very important because, and again, each each of them need to have life cover um, on that bond because that's exactly what can happen as well. So you die, leaving uh, this debt, and you know it becomes becomes quite an issue. So that is is a very very good point. You also each of you need to have your own life cover too, and ideally to actually cover the the entire cover bond. the entire yeah, yes. yeah, 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 rather than just your rather than just your portion. Well, that's a wrap for today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any other money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or your website, Mapalo, womaninfinance.co.za or my website, myaromoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959 and we look forward to hearing from you. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, featuring the contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.